Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Floodcast. Today is day 213 of a Bible area challenge and I recognize that we have some new listeners who have no idea what we're doing and why I am saying day 213. Um, so back in, I think a year ago, more than a year ago, I started this challenge of us going through the entire Bible in 365 days and it was very specific about the fact that we're going to do it in 365 days and not a year because I had to put into um, factor the fact that sometimes uh, we might not be the most enthusiastic about reading the Bible and of course that was not just to give myself an excuse to not be consistent but um things happened and I wasn't able to finish it up last year but this year we're not giving up we are moving on continuing on our journey picking ourselves up and that that is what is that is what is really important so today is day 213 of looking through different daily verses chapters of the bible and I am always going to be coming on here to share my reflections I do make sure to note that this episode is not in any way a substitution for reading the actual bible so i would recommend that each day when you see the daily readings on the captions of each episode you go through the bible yourself read through it spend some time meditating and then you come in here listen to my reflections and yeah hopefully you get a thing or two added to what you already know and it's been so exciting so far um, i'm so grateful that I have kept on with this challenge. It's something that I I don't I cannot remember a time where I follow through with something this long. This is my first time doing something this lengthy and I'm so glad that I have been able to follow through up until today and that is definitely a that is proof that none of this is my power. <laughs> none of this is me. This is all God. This is all the Holy Spirit and I give him all the credit. Anyways, before I diverse, today we're looking at three different books, um, continuing from where we stopped in the last episode, from Isaiah, from Ezekiel, and also from Proverbs. And today we are looking at Isaiah chapters 48 and 49. And in 48, Isaiah pretty much continues his prophecy, um, but this time it is against Babylon. Babylon is the nation that took the Israelites into captivity. They were like the tool that God used to punish the Israelites for their um, idolatry and for their evil ways. And something really stood out to me in this chapter. This is Isaiah chapter 48 verses uh, 47, rather, Isaiah 47 verses 5. It says, The Lord says to Babylon, sit in silence and darkness. No more will they call you the queen of nations. I was angry with my people. I treated them as no longer mine. I put them in your power, and you showed them no mercy. Even the aged you treated harshly. You thought you would always be a queen and did not take things to heart or think how it will all end. And pretty much, Isaiah is describing Babylon as this nation that thinks it's self-sufficient. They were probably the world power in their time. And they thought that everything revolved around them. No one was there to check them. Who would check them? Every nation was afraid of them. They had the social, they had the social power, they had the economic power, they had the military strength, they had they had it all. They had the money, they had the riches. And one thing about having it all 
is that sometimes all of these things get to your head and you think that you are invincible. Pretty much pride and arrogance comes in and that is exactly what we see here. We see Babylon um, finally or taking the people of Israel into captivity and into exile would probably have given them some kind of pride. Because Israel was also a pretty popular country in their time. They had done so many on so many indescribable things. Of course, through the power of God, they were rescued from the Egyptians. That probably gave them some popularity. And then all of the wars they were able to conquer in such amazing ways. So Israel was also a pretty strong country. And I would like to think that for Babylon to take the Israelites into exile, it was it was a gold button on their shoulder. They pretty much carried it as a thing of pride. And here we see that God is now turning against Babylon and saying he's going to destroy them and level them because they thought that their strength or they thought that their riches were all from them. It was it was all by their own doing. And this is kind of a wake-up call for so many of us if feel like we are also self-sufficient, that we cannot... Um, we don't need the help of anyone. We don't need anyone to check us. There's no one to check us. We are, we build ourselves and we can carry on living that way. I think there are two, two pitfalls to that kind of thought. First of all, is that when you're self-sufficient, you feel like you don't need community. You are all on your own and no one cares and no one needs to care because you don't need anybody. Um, which is a lie because <laughs> I know it's a lie because I've been through that. I have been through a point in my life I thought I don't need anyone, but mm, we all need someone. We're not an island and we need people in different areas of our lives to grow, to depend on, to help and to encourage. And another pitfall is that we start to think that we are in control of our lives that we run our lives pretty much and everything that we do our fails our successes our strengths and our weaknesses our our wins and losses are all because of us and this leads us to think that we are our own god and then we don't need god because we can do things on our own if we want to reach this height or attain this goal then all of that power lies with us which is a lie so that is just a quick heads up um, in that aspect and then we move into chapter 48 where the tables turn and then the prophecy is now centered back on the Israelites so in chapter 48 here is Israel who is also proud it's also a proud country a proud nation full of proud people and it is because of their pride and arrogance that they have attracted all of this punishments and all of this curses from God but what really drew me in this chapter is in verses 17, it says, The Holy God of Israel, the Lord who saves you, says, I am the Lord your God, the one who wants to teach you for your own good and direct you in the way you should go. If only you had listened to my commands, then blessings would have flowed for you like a stream that never goes dry. Victory would have come to you like the waves that roll on the shore. Your descendants would be as numerous as grains of sand, and I would make sure they were never destroyed. And this is the intention. This is the real purpose. This is the real plan. And this shows the real heart of God for the Israelites, regardless of their sins, regardless of how far they've fallen away, regardless of how many times they've rejected him. 
he still wants for them to turn away from their sins, to turn back to him, so he could bless them and he could show them how gracious and how loving he is. You know, when people say God is love, sometimes we turn that to mean, we take that to mean God loves. God doesn't just love, he is love. And the heart of who he is, the center of who he is, is love. And he wills and wants to share that love with his children, with the people he has created. And everything that flows from that is just the fact that we reject and we do not want to receive that love. And and I, I just think it's amazing that even while this prophecies of punishment, prophecies of despair is coming in, there is also simultaneously a prophecy of getting saved. There is a prophecy of this King Cyrus that is going to save, pretty much be a tool for the Israelites to leave exile. There is also a prophecy of how God will replenish all that they have lost in exile and all of the violence they have been through. It's just amazing that even in our sin, he still loves us. And I love how Romans 8.38 puts it. It says, nothing can separate us from the love of God. And that is just something to dwell on. That even while all this is going on, being God that knows the ending and from the beginning, God was already planning for a time where it wasn't just the Israelites that was going to need saving. It was the entire world. And it wasn't just by one sacrifice in the temple that was going to save them. It was by the sacrifice of himself. It's just so beautiful how God loves us. And now that is just something that we need to take some time off to dwell on. Because in Ezekiel, we're going to be seeing how deep the Israelites have fallen. So deep that their sins are not just hidden anymore. And it's not just in broad daylight anymore. They've taken it to the temple. It's become so normalized that they have lost all respect and all reverence for God. And God shows Ezekiel four different scenes. Not sins as in S-I-N, but scenes as in S-C-E-N-E. God shows Ezekiel four different scenes. Um, the first one is of this um, group of prophets that are burning incense to a wall filled with images of snakes and foreign gods. Um, there is one of an idol statue right at the entrance of the temple. There is a scene of some women weeping and mourning over the death of a god, a foreign god. There is a scene of some people turning their backs towards against the sanctuary and facing towards the sun and bowing down to the rising sun and worshiping it it was it was so heartbreaking i'm pretty sure it was so heartbreaking for ezekiel to see this vision to see that what they they deserve what has been coming to them because ezekiel mentions that this vision came to him in the sixth year of exile and so for six years they have been suffering in another foreign country they have lost all identity and all all hope for getting back to their land and ezekiel receives this vision from god and it's like yeah even in the punishments even while they are suffering for their sins there is still no remorse the people left in the temple are desecrating it even more they see that there is no god they see that god doesn't care and i think it's just funny because at the beginning of the vision the first thing ezekiel makes to note is that the glory of god was in the temple the same glory that he saw in the first vision was in the temple and so while all of these people went about thinking that god doesn't care or god 
doesn't exist or God isn't as powerful as he claims to be. While they still needed help from the sufferings that they were passing through, from the threat and violence that faced them every day. While they were still in need of help, they had no idea that God was still present in the temple. And I just want us to let that sink in for a second because how many times is this us? How many times are we at our lowest and we just want that one person to care? We just want that one person to ask us sincerely, how is our day going? We just want that shoulder to cry on. We just want that help. We just need that encouragement to pull us through. How many times are we in such a desperate need for help? But we forget that God is right with us. God doesn't just stay with us or stay by our side. He is inside of us because the Bible mentions that our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And so God dwells within us. And we still look outside. We still look to other things for help. We still look to other distractions to be sane. And it's just so crazy how many times we do this. And so if there's any takeaway from this episode is that I want us to kind of inculcate that habit of taking some seconds out of our day to just not to pray, not to ask for anything, but to just bring to mind the fact that God is in us. Right before you get out of bed and start your day or throughout your day in school or at work or while you're trying to make dinner or while you're going back to bed, just for a second, bring to mind the fact that God is in you. And I think that can that has like the potential to do so many outstanding things in our lives, knowing that the God who is so powerful, God who loves us so much, God who wills for us to receive blessings, to have peace of mind, to have joy and happiness, resides in us. And then right after this vision, um, God is angry, of course. And then he... Ezekiel receives this vision of six men with weapons who have been sent out to kill all of the Israelites. <laughs> Things really go from bad to worse with these prophecies. And then Ezekiel said that along with the men, the six men who were sent to kill, there is a man that takes up something to write. And God sends that man. He is wearing a, is he a tunic? He's wearing linen, which means that this man is a priest. Only the priest wears linen. And then God sends this priest to mark certain people. And these are the people, the people that are going to be marked are the people that are disgusted, are the people that are angry, are the people that are sad for how bad the worship of God had turned. These are the people that are truly sad that people don't worship God the way they should anymore. And these are the only people that are spared. And it just reminds me of the fact that we are all marked in some way. Um, you cannot sit on the fence in this one. As much as so many of us want to, we don't want to choose God or want to choose the devil. We just, you know, we don't care. We don't, we just want to live our lives. I know there's some people that live that way, but as much as we don't want to get involved in this spiritual warfare that is going on, we are already involved. The fact that you are made in God's image and likeness, the fact that you have a soul and you're immortal, the fact that God sacrificed himself for you, makes you involved in this warfare. Whether you like it or not, you're valuable. You have worth. You did not come here 
by chance. You did not come here by mistake or coincidence. You have a value. And that is why God, God of the universe, is fighting for you. That is why the devil, on the other hand, is also fighting for you. You have these two spiritual beings of immense power. Of course, God is greater than the devil anyways. But you have these two spiritual beings fighting for you. That is like the, the biggest proof that you need to know that you are valuable. And you cannot afford to be on the fence because you being on the fence means that you automatically don't choose God. And so we recognize even when we go, uh, I think my time is almost up. I got to round this up really fast. But last thing to note is when you remember the revelations, the visions of John in the book of Revelations, you also come to mind um, the fact that there are some people that are marked with the mark of the beast. Those are the people that are marked as the Antichrist. So either ways, spiritually, you're going to be marked. Either you're marked as part of the Antichrist with the mark of the beast, or you're marked as part of the children of God, the people who really want to worship God in spirit and in truth. And I hope that as we go about our day, as we unconsciously, because we make that decision to be marked for or against God every single day, as we go about our day, that God gives us the strength to always choose him, to always be marked for him. And with that, I will bring this episode to an end. Thank you so much for listening this far, and I hope to see you guys in the next episode. For those of you joining newly today, you are so welcome. And I cannot wait for you to listen to all of the episodes we have released so far. If you are a returning listener, you know the vibes. I will see you in the next episode. Please stay tuned. Please have an amazing day.